and Vanessa texted me and said, can you please get on a plane right now? <laughs> you know, she's like, I'm not doing this without you tomorrow, basically. You know, mm-hmm. So I got on. I mean, you became her midwife there. Yeah, very much. I became the uh-huh. through the whole scene. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Making It Women in Film, a podcast where we sit down with women working across the film and TV industry to talk about their journeys, experiences, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. This is episode 41, and I'm your host, Evita, and today I'm joined by a very interesting guest, Elan Vital McAllister, and you know what? I think I should just let her introduce herself, and if you're a bit hesitant to this, please don't be. This is a different episode for sure, but it is one of the more insightful ones where, yeah, I my eyes were just really opened after this one. So please give it a listen uh, and let me know what you think. For further stuff like this, uh, follow us on Instagram at Making It Women in Film, and don't forget to check out our website, womeninfilm.co.uk, for our new stuff coming up all the time. Okay, enjoy! So for people who don't already know who you are or familiar with your work, um, can you just introduce yourself? Sure. So uh, the work I'm doing currently, I uh, work with expectant parents and help them prepare for the transition into parenthood, uh, prepare for the actual event of childbirth. I've been a consumer advocate supporting parents for about 25 years now. And uh, I also work as a consultant. So I um, advise uh, health systems on how to better connect with families, how to really meet the needs of expectant parents. And then because I have a background in theater, I also have connections into that world. And so some of the newer work that I've been doing most recently is as a consultant around the performing arts and bringing real truth telling to any kind of birth scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm sure people listening are like, wait, why is she on this podcast at first? But then you get that, you know, um, and you've had a very interesting career journey, you know, delved into all kinds of different paths. But I'm curious to know, in your childhood, what was your relationship with storytelling and films? Was there anything there or did it just grow as you... Uh... It's a fun time. Well, I started at a very young age as a dancer, and that was my central identity for much of my young life. And in fact, I moved to New York City when I was 18 to pursue um, you know, dancing professionally there. And I trained with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Company in New York City for a number of years um, until I was too injured to continue. <laughs> And around that time, I uh, had this incredible opportunity come to me to work in theater production. And I had a great love of theater, um, but, you know, had never been on the performing side of it um, and then had this opportunity, you know, to be on the production side. And it was really in that experience of working with actors, of working with directors and, and the, you know, the, the writers, all the creative team and seeing that process, you know, the, uh, of something new developing that 
um, really brought to me that kind of deep, deep love for the importance of storytelling and of truthful storytelling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love I love the emphasis on the truthfulness because, um, you know, we're used to Hollywood movies over dramatizing everything and making it, you know, doing all the movie magic. Um, and uh, obviously you've worked on a film which has a an incredible portrayal of birth and we'll get to that. Um, but I'm interested to know, so you worked as like a theater uh, producer and had that experience and then you went into midwifery and became a doula when did that switch happen what what happened there because it doesn't seem like a, a very natural switch um it's a bit unexpected but I'm curious to know well and it wasn't actually a switch I had both of these career paths going at the same time so um I as a dancer, I broke my foot when I was about 22. And so my journey in that direction ended pretty abruptly. And I found myself in this space where all of a sudden, you know, the blinders that I had worn for so long as a dancer, because, you know, the life term of a dancer is so short that you have to be extremely focused on that, you know, career path um, for the very short time that you're going to have it. And so suddenly it was gone and I was in this space of asking myself, you know, who else am I? What else am I passionate about? And I'm used to having an outlet for all of this creative energy, you know, that um, I put into dance and that didn't have anywhere to go. And so I really felt like I was on a quest to find where to place that. And in that space of being really open for, you know, where I was going to go next, I uh, had these two remarkable uh, spaces open up for me and they really, it really happened right around the same time. So this opportunity to become involved in theater happened within a month of me picking up a book on midwifery and having my heart just blown wide open. You know, I just had one of those aha moments in reading this book where I just thought, wow, you know, this is something incredibly important that I feel really deeply called to being a part of. And so I went from, you know, being kind of lost and having, you know, been disconnected from my passion as a dancer to suddenly having these two really exciting pathways open up. And so I was greedy and I took both of them at the same time. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was a Broadway producer for about 15 years. And during that same time, I was a birthing doula. I was going to as many births as I could. And I founded a nonprofit called Choices in Childbirth in New York City that was designed to um, improve the quality of maternity care for all families, for all parents and, and babies. And so I had you know, these two great passions and people were like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, like, are you into theater? Are you into birth? Mm -hmm. These are different things. But really to me they came from the same place of an expression of creative energy you know so as a birthing doula i was holding space for this incredible act of creation when a new life comes into the world when a new family is formed you know every new life that comes in it just that energy just ripples out everywhere and the, the world will never be the same because the person has just been born 
they will change the world, you know? And then, and then I, that would be, you know, at 2 a.m. that would happen. And then, you know, the next day I'd be in a creative meeting where I'm holding space again for a creative process. But this time, you know, it's with uh, maybe a playwright who's feeling blocked and stuck and we've got a rewrite that needs to happen and they're running into their challenges around, you know, allowing this creative process to happen. And so now as a producer, I'm sort of acting as a doula, right? Where I am there to tell them they can do this. You know, I believe in them and I, you know, I, I hold the vision for this beautiful new thing that they are going to create that is going to go out and change the world. So for me, it was a very similar experience you know, in that I was holding space for the creative process to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting perspective because just like looking at it, I'm like, where's the connection? But when hearing you explain it, it's so obvious and it's so interesting. It's also both are very passionate, you know, it's a very, you know, you feel everything uh, in both of those experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to work in spaces where um, you are in these, again, very truthful, real and raw moments of human experience you know, of like birth requires you to strip away everything, all of the, you know, created layers around you, all, you know, any, um, anything that is false, you are stripped down to your barest, barest place. And, you know, it's in those moments that we learn so much about who we are, about our essence. And, you know, the same in the artistic creative process, where, you know, there, every time you create something, it requires you to, you know, break down and to be almost in a state of giving up, of loss, of, you know, such fear and insecurity in order then to be able to be in a place of surrender for this new piece to come through. So there were so many parallels. Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. Uh, I can't believe I've never put those two together, but it's just... It's wow. Yeah, I think it took living in both those worlds to really feel that. And then also having been a dancer and having, you know, felt the creative energy through my body, you know, like exactly, exactly experienced it that way. I could recognize when I saw it and witnessed it in these other acts of creation. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? Did you ever feel pressure to choose one or the other? I often felt overwhelmed because both of them uh, require so much. And there were times where I had to compromise with one or the other. You know, for instance, if I had a new production that was coming out, it was sort of like having two children, you know, (laughs) and like one child really needed my attention, you know, for these few months. And so the other child might not get as much TLC as, you know, and then I would shift focus and put my energy towards the other one. So there was a good amount of juggling. Um, I didn't feel so much pressure to choose one or the other. I just often felt like I wasn't giving my all to, you know, to either one sometimes, you know because I was spread pretty thin often. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, and both are also very um, unexpected and often sporadic um, <laughs> jobs. Like, you can't... Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so I can definitely see that. Now, you've talked about, you know, the importance of truthful portrayal, truthful storytelling. Um, now you've worked as a birth consultant. Um, but what I, when, you look, when you look at the way that birth is portrayed on screen what what are you seeing what so i as a consumer advocate i was regularly frustrated by um, the way that um, expectant parents perceived birth you know and so often your perception then creates your reality your lived experience right what you perceive often you know you just follow that path and it opens up in a particular direction and I was very aware that perception was being built and reinforced by what we see in the media, you know, in film and TV. And, you know, think about the way that birth is portrayed overwhelmingly. Um, it is either a, an emergency situation, you know, where the where a woman is in dire, you know, in dire straits or a baby or saying, you know, it's just this emergency situation and they rush into the hospital and, you know, and they're saved. Or it's, you know, kind of uh, mocking of the situation where she's out of control and she's punching her husband and you did this to me and give me the epidural, you know, and she's kind of ridiculous. But never, ever, ever would I see the kinds of births that lit me up and that gave me a sense of the potential of what birth could and should be for every single birthing person. And I would, you know, witness births like that mostly outside of hospital, I will say, but sometimes in, in hospital as well. But births where um, everyone in the room truly believed that this woman is capable of doing this or birthing person is capable of doing this, like really believes in the process, believes in the birthing body and is there to be in full support of the process and to witness this person as they do some of the most challenging and profound work of their life, you know, to hold space when you are bumping up against uh, boundaries, you know, that you've never hit before and certainly never thought you could get past, you know, and setting whole new expectations and understandings of what you're capable of. And it's just a remarkable thing to see and to witness. And you never see that in film or TV depictions of birth. You never see it as this site of empowerment, as a sacred site. You know, as a place of uh, deepening, you know, your connection with yourself and your power as a creative person, you know, your power to create. None of that is ever depicted. Um, I think more often than not, we just reinforce the understanding that we have, you know, in mostly Western culture of birth as a medical procedure where we need uh, medical oversight in order to survive and that our bodies just aren't equipped you know yeah it's more often mm -hmm. it's portrayed and then obviously the big one here uh, and people listening if you've watched it this probably comes to mind but pieces of a woman um a netflix movie from uh late last year 
absolutely um, a very emotional movie. A very emotional movie. And you work as a birth consultant on this one. And if people have watched it, they'll know because it's the scene most people talk about. It's a 24 minute long scene, a birthing scene. Um, Captured in a single shot. Yes, it is um, riveting in a way you can't really describe. Uh, if if you haven't seen it, you can't really imagine it fully. Um, and I think what's interesting was, um, you know, this is not a, um, a happy movie about birth. It's about loss. Um, it's about grief and a, a, a loss that people can't really imagine if they haven't gone through it. Um, as someone who, you know, is so in this environment uh, as a doula and has attended so many births, what was it like working on a movie with this subject matter? Yeah, well... I will tell you, well, first of all, I was first approached by Vanessa Kirby, the actress who plays Martha, the mother um, in this film. And to her credit, she, it was very important to her, you know, that she bring as much truth to this storytelling as possible. And so she had sought me out um, and we, you know, connected a couple months before the scene was shot. Um, I, you know, she, she was looking for someone to really help her understand what it feels like, what it looks like, what it sounds like, you know, to really be able to embody it as much as she possibly could. And so we started talking in that way, you know, and, and, uh, and then as we got kind of deeper into the process, um, she sent me the script and I had a chance to read it and had a number of really big red flags go up. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, I've been a, a maternity care consumer advocate for a number of years. So I've worked on a lot of policy issues on, you know, both city, state and national level. Um, I've worked really hard to uh, ensure that people have access to high quality care in all settings you know, and do everything that I can to make sure that home birth is as safe as possible, that it is as integrated into the system as possible, and that, you know, the that we get past the stigma of home birth as this really, you know, unsafe option, because it's not, it's, it's actually quite safe for the vast majority of people who choose it. Um, so of course, you know, I read the script, and here's a 25 minute scene of a home birth, which we never have the opportunity to tell that story, and that it ends in the baby's death. And it's, you know, of, of course, we're now reinforcing, you know, a bias against home birth. So I had a lot of challenge with that. But I also saw, you know, an opportunity to tell a deeper story um, about how, you know, babies, unfortunately, don't always survive. And if a baby dies in a hospital setting, the assumption is that it was inevitable and that everything was done that could be done and that that baby just wasn't going to live. And it's a tragedy, but it's explainable. If a baby dies in a home birth, it's considered to be a crime. 
just automatically. You know, the bias is such that the assumption is that had that baby been born in a hospital, they would have survived, and it's just assumed, you know. Um, so uh, there was an opportunity to try and weave some of that uh, cultural bias into the storytelling, and I thought that was important and actually really interesting, an interesting part of it, because here's a family that is dealing with the grief of a baby and also doing so within a culture that blames them for a choice that they made that potentially, you know, to the larger perception, um, put the baby at risk. So um, I, you know, in talking with Vanessa, I, you know, petitioned to be connected with the producers um, because I felt that rather than just coaching her, they needed to bring me on as as a birth consultant for the film um, because there were some some parts of the storytelling that were that had clearly you know clearly the writers were not birth professionals or they hadn't you know talked with birth professionals there were pieces that were really uh, problematic and uh, and even borderline um were malpractice actually some of the things that the, were written in the original script that the midwife did so it took some time because the film had just been greenlit they'd just gotten all their financing and they were moving so fast and you know like the idea of suddenly sitting down with somebody who you know they just didn't they, they were like blah 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 right? so i actually was not able to sit down with the screenwriter until the day before the scene was shot and we spent three hours and completely rewrote the scene completely rewrote the scene like the midwife's character was went from being a, just abrupt and rude and harsh to as you see in the film being compassionate and being very sensitive and more reflective of what the home birth uh, midwives approach to birth is. Um, so there was just this radical rewriting of, of the piece uh, the day before it was gonna be shot. And we got off the call and Vanessa texted me and said, can you please get on a plane right now? <laughs> You know, she's like, I'm not doing this without you tomorrow, basically. You know, mm -hmm. So I got on. I mean, you became her midwife there. Yeah, very much. I became the uh -huh. through the whole scene. Yeah. So I, I took a red eye that night and, you know, went straight to the set. And she was already in her prosthetic belly when I got there. And within a half hour, we shot the scene for the first time. And again, it's a 25 minute single shot scene. And it is incredible. We never rehearsed it. We never rehearsed it. So, um, you know, I was down with a monitor and, and taking my notes, you know, and, and I think we did it uh, maybe three or four times the first day and twice the next day. And after each take, you know, I would run upstairs and just, you know, go to each actor and give them my notes as quickly as I could because we were just doing it over and over. <laughs> over again and they were remarkable like just remarkable and i think you know especially vanessa has so much stage mm -hmm. experience oh yes that she just takes and and lives a note so quickly you know it was just it was really i was so 
profoundly uh, just in awe of all, all of them, you know, and uh, the work that they did and how they went from one script one day to a completely different script the next day. And here it is, this really pivotal scene for the film. You know, it's a really important scene. And um, yeah, and they just, they did such a remarkable, remarkable job on it. I mean, yeah, I, Vanessa's, the whole movie, um, she's just so moving. Um, there's not a second where you doubt her. Uh, it is so profound. It really is. Like, I, you know, I was sitting at the edge of my seat. I almost couldn't watch it because of how raw it was. Yeah, and just, you know, the questions that she asked, you know, the fact that she just recognized, you know, she's like, I've never had a baby. I've never seen a birth. I haven't even thought about birth, you know, and now I'm supposed to completely embody it in this, in a home birth where I'm not even on an epidural, you know, and I'm just watching TV. It's like full on in it. And in this scene, you know, we go from early labor into you know her like i had to choreograph like how do we get in 25 minutes the full arc of a labor you know which for a first-time mom typically takes 24 to 36 hours you know somewhere in there so how do we capture all of these different stages in 25 minutes you know and so going from being um light you know and i would just kind of describe the qualities of each stage of labor right so in the first stage of labor it's early labor you're just starting to get some contractions it's exciting because you know that the baby's coming and you also maybe have some nesting feelings you know so maybe you're baking or you're watching you know baby clothes or rearranging the nursery you just have this sense you know that of the baby's coming and it's really exciting and then uh, in the film, we have her water break because that is something that often it does, you know, it, in TV and film, like the, water's, the water breaks and you rush off to the hospital, right? That's just not the way it happens. Like quite often the water doesn't break until quite late in labor. It's not the first thing that happens. But for the purpose of this storytelling, let it, having the water break, that often makes uh, contractions come be stronger come you know be more intense because now the baby's head is right on your cervix without the padding of amniotic fluid so it can often like speed things up so just to you know keep things moving we have that happen and so labor gets more and more intense and you know she just like she took everything that i shared with her of like this is how you're you're going deeper and deeper you know, as you go deeper into labor, you're leaving your neocortex, which is where your language is, which is where your ability to have cognitive thinking and to have conversation, to use language, like that, you're dropping out of that part of your brain and into a more primal place. And all of a sudden, you're not tracking time anymore. You're not tracking the things around you. You are going deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is, you know, what 
what happens during labor, right? You go from this kind of light, excited to place to where it starts getting deeper and deeper. The contractions are becoming more intense. It's taking your full focus and you go into this animal place where you want to be in the dark. You want to be in the quiet. You know, you want to be in a place where you're not being observed, where you are free to go into a very primal place. And so we tried to capture that in the bathroom, in the bathtub, where she's, you just see her like going so deep inside of herself. And there's a sense of time flowing. And, you know, you're, it's just, she's in her own world there. And it's a really deep place. And then suddenly there's the urge to push, right? And the whole energy of, of birth changes when that urge to push happens. Like now you are actively working, like every muscle in your body is working with you to bring this baby out into the world. And it's, so it's this really dynamic energy. And, you know, so shifting into that and, um, so it was, you know, it was really, it was fun to see how, you know, those descriptions, you know, the words and the descriptions that I was giving to her, how they were filtering through her uh, as, you know, and as a person, Vanessa Kirby learning all of this and then applying it through the lens of this character, Martha, you know, and how Martha would embody these things. And it was just such a beautiful thing to, um, you know, see how she just brought it all in and yeah, and brought it forward. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, wow. That, I mean, I feel just uh, like entranced just listening to you just go through that. And it's really interesting that you, you know, talk about, you know, that um, going back and you know just uh, becoming so focused on the language thing that was one of the things I noted because obviously I haven't given birth I've never seen I was like is that is that accurate like because I all of the other ideas of birth that I've had has been from previous portrayals of it on screen and it's always women you know screaming and yelling and I was like she's so drowsy like I really noticed that I'd never seen a birth like that uh, on screen. Um, so that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, you really go into, I mean, as long as you're allowed to, you know, and so you see this in home births, you see this in birth center births, um, where you're in an environment where you're allowed to follow your body's just primal behavior. You know, if you're allowed to just organically follow the course of your labor, your body will get in will move into whatever position it needs to be in to help the baby come down you know so uh in hospital everything's directed right everything is managed so for the most part you're in a bed you have all these monitors attached to you so you don't have a lot of mobility especially in the u.s it's a little different in the uk and other parts of Europe but in the US overwhelmingly you're in bed with you know fetal monitors um, about 80% of people have an epidural so you at that point can't get out of bed you can't be mobile you don't have the advantage of gravity helping the baby drop down and come through your body you don't have the advantage of walking and movement squatting of doing all these things that help to open widen your your um your pelvis you know so that the baby can come down with more ease you know and so we you know 
I wanted to make sure that we got to see some of that, you know, to see her moving around in ways that um, are just organic to her, you know, where she's on the bed and she's kind of, you know, going on her hands and knees and then she's kind of on her side, you know, and she's moving with the labor, you know, moving with the labor and it's self-directed rather than having some authority tell you this is how you birth. Instead, I wanted, you know, to be able to show what it looks like when your body is the one who's directing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so tribal um, and a very interesting contrast between the physicality and then the way she spoke, which almost sounded almost sounded drugged, you know, like so dazed. Um, so interesting. And uh, I mean, it just goes to show how uh, our perceptions of things uh, come from how we see them portrayed, you know, because I'd never seen that. And I was like, you know, obviously when you reached out to me, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So they actually had, you know, a consultant work on this because I don't think a lot of uh, movies, unless it's the main plot point as it is here and not even always then, would even consider that because we have this idea of what it looks like and that's what we're going to keep on that's portraying. Right. You know, just hammer it in. This yeah. is how it is. Yeah, and we're just reinforcing an understanding of birth that is doing great harm, you know. And so that that was, you know, one of my intentions here was to disrupt that you know, the way that we have been telling the story of birth and to start to introduce uh, other, you know, other ways of being, you know, to start to broaden our perception of what's possible. And, you know, and again, it was really hard for me to say yes to this project because it's a home birth that ends in the death of a baby. And, you know, so there was that part where I was like, oh, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to contribute to, to that, you know, misperception and that bias around home birth. But there is good that can be done here. And especially when I saw, you know, again, the people, you know, the, the screenwriter is a fantastically talented person. Um, you know, she's married to the director, another fantastically talented person. Both of them were so completely committed to bringing the changes that I, you know, suggested. Like they were, everyone involved, like once there was an understanding that um, things, there were things that needed to be addressed. At that point, there was full cooperation to make that happen. I think it's um, very interesting because, you know, it's not... I, I read that from the screenwriter Kata uh, Weber that, you know, originally it was about the midwife, it was about the core, and then it kind of changed, you know, let's make this about the mother. And that's kind of, you know, watching the movie, the courtroom is just at the end, you know, it's not what she's going through. Um, she's not involved with that at all. Um, and, you know, watching it, you're kind of like, is this going to be an anti-midwife movie? And then it ends up not being that, you know, you get that it's not about that. It's about her. It's about the mother and her baby and... Yeah, and, and grief, you know, it, it's, a, it's a film about grief and the different ways that grief presents itself and... Uh, how, you know, this woman's, you know, the way she grieved was so different from the way her partner grieved. And it caused this, you know, chasm to grow between them. And, you know, she, her, you know, the way that she went inside so deep, because she had 
you know, she has this physical relationship with the baby that nobody else has. It's a very singular experience, a very singular loss. And it's impacting her on every level of her being. We talked a lot about this as well. Like, it's not just, you know, the loss of this um, uh, vision for your future of being a parent, of holding this baby in your arms. It's not just that loss. It's also on a chemical level. Like, it's on a deeply physical level. You, like, a part of you has died. And it's something that nobody else can fully relate to. And it's incredibly isolating. And for, for up until recent years, it was never talked about. You know, it's an area of loss and grief that nobody wanted to, to, to talk about. And, it's, and people are still extremely awkward about it. You know, if you knew someone was pregnant and then you see them and they're not pregnant and they're not holding a baby, you know, we don't know how to show up for people in that situation. And I think that's one of the really powerful things about this film is that it, um, it really shows the depth of that, of, of, of grief around the loss of a baby. You know, whether it's a miscarriage early on or, you know, here at the time of birth, it is a really profound loss. And, um, and I think they do really capture that well. Yeah. It is um, incredible that this movie was made. And I so appreciate, you know, um, what you gave to it and how that probably altered um, the morale and the message and the feel of it. Um, and obviously for anyone listening, if you feel like you can watch this movie, it's a very raw um movie that you know kind of feels like your skin is getting pulled off as you're watching it um but if if you can i think you should um and um you know vanessa's uh, <laughs> acting is magnificent all all of them in there and the different reactions you see um it is quite something what do you want people to take away from this movie and your work mm. well i really hope that um i i I really hope that people have a different sense of what birth could look and feel like, you know, from what they see in that, in that scene. Um, I truly hope that it sort of opens up what's possible and encourages people to ask more questions, take a higher level of responsibility. Um, if, and you know, when their time comes to bring a baby forward into the world to know that there are so many options out there, but you need to seek them out. You need to actively create, you know, the, the type of birth that you want, because um, if you go by the default, it's not, yeah, it, it'll be a lot like what you see on TV. <laughs> a lot of, uh, yeah, not, not so pleasant, but it, but it can be this really, truly transcendent, remarkable, beautiful experience. And one of deep connection. You know, I think some of my favorite moments in the birth scene are when, you know, Vanessa and, and Shia are having these deep connections with each other, you know, where you just see these beautiful still moments with the two of them and the possibility, you know, of this that this is the beginning of this family coming together. 
and you know those moments those tender moments of connection um are so important then in bringing the heartache when the grief breaks them apart you know we see where they the trajectory they might have gone on versus you know where they ended up so i would i would hope that it would you know encourage people to uh, seek out options in birth and and also to um, maybe think about how you would show up for someone who had a pregnancy loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be curious around your culture and everything you learn. Um, it's, um, it's good to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. And for the filmmakers out there, you know, to um, birth is an untapped story that really needs to be told and in a truthful way. There's so much here you know there's so much around um the ways that this has been a site of oppression for women and and also the there's incredible racism within within childbirth and you know we certainly see that in the states and so there's there are many really powerful stories waiting to be told about birth and i would be happy to help anyone who wants to tell those stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> that being said where can people find you um and reach out to you sure so uh, my website is elanvital.love and i'm on instagram um elanvital and facebook <laughs> great yeah. and so to sum it up with the question we ask every guest um we always like to ask um our guests to shout out a woman in their life whether personally or professionally uh who inspires them you know the, it's just so wild the first person who came to mind is someone that i haven't had contact with in over 10 years in about 14 years but she was the first person that came to mind and she's uh, a british um director choreographer designer called melly still and i worked with her back in 2007 she was she directed a, a play called quorum boy that was at the national theater and that we then transferred to broadway and she is someone who um I, for me, was so revolutionary in the way that she brought a company together, the way that she uh, directed the piece, at, you know, because she's also a choreographer and a designer, she just had this full vision and she had, you know, her fingers everywhere, like everything was so beautifully brought together. And there was just this holistic approach to it. She every morning she had them uh start with yoga like she led everyone in a yoga practice before rehearsal and i don't there was she to me she brought this kind of powerful like feminine energy of of you know the power of connecting people you know the power of bringing people together and lifting everyone up in a collective way it was so inspiring and i have wanted to work with her again ever since then and she also was another thing that uh kind of sold me on the piece like but it was i loved i loved corn boy so much but the cherry on top was that she had a birth 
on stage and the woman birthed on her hands and knees, which when you're allowed to follow your body, most uh, white Western women will choose to birth on their hands and knees. And Fascinating. That happened on stage. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on, um, sharing your passion, your insight, educating all of us out here listening. Um, truly, thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you would like to see more about women in the film industry, go follow us on Instagram at Making It Women in Film and check out our brand new website, womeninfilm.co.uk. We're posting lots of recommendations, reviews, discussions, statistics, all that good stuff. See you next week.